Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and today we're talking about the courts here in the United States and probably around the world because the court is not amused with your deep fake evidence. Now, I'm pulling parts of this actually from a really interesting article by Shannon Bond of NPR, and I've written on this topic before, though not quite in this same approach, and this is actually really interesting. I think I am going to write on this approach kind of kind of riffing off what she has, because I've got a ton of thoughts on this uh, on, on a couple of different tangents. But here's what's going on. The unleashing of power, powerful AI, I mean, we're seeing chat GPTs, all of that, to the public is also raising concerns about another phenomenon, that the technology, as it becomes more prevalent, will be easier to claim that literally anything is fake. And according to uh, Henry Farid, a digital forensics expert at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, quote, this is exactly what we're concerned about, that when we entered this age of deep fakes, anybody can deny reality. That is the classic liar's dividend. Now, if you're not familiar with the liar's dividends, it's a term that was coined by law professors Bob Chesney and Daniel Citron in a 2018 paper, essentially laying out the challenges of deep fakes as they are presented to privacy, democracy, and national security. The idea is, is that as people become aware of how easy it is to basically fake audio and video, bad actors can weaponize that skepticism and drive a wedge in society. Quotes, put simply, a skeptical public will be primed to doubt the authenticity of real video and audio evidence. And that is actually true. I have seen this before. So recently in the news, just with discussing some friends, some damning information came out about somebody, I'm not going to get into this kind of thing, where that person was caught on video and somebody that really believes in that person uh, that was caught on video saying really damaging things basically said, well, how do we know this isn't a deep fake? And that's exactly what we are talking about here. But already we are seeing claims like this going through the court system, at least here in the United States. Two defendants that were on trial for the January 6th riot basically claimed videos showing them at the Capitol could have been created or manipulated by artificial intelligence. Lawyers for one of those defendants cited a 2017 deep fake video of former President Obama basically created by researchers as reason that the court should actually doubt the footage of the riot that was taken directly from YouTube. Both of them, for the record, were found guilty uh, because there you go. And we have a absolute ton of evidence. But I see this as we track things like disinformation. Uh, you know I've spoken on disinformation here on this podcast, on my radio show, in video, in writing, and all of those, and that's exactly it. Oh, this doesn't fit my worldview? It clearly must be fake. That is what we are moving to right now, and this is a huge problem. And according to Rihanna Pfefferkorn, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, she's a research scholar at Stanford's Internet Observatory, and I think they do excellent work. Uh, I've been part of one of their uh, studies before in terms of tracking things online. Uh, quote, so far... Those seem to have been Hail Mary passes that have not succeeded. But obviously, we're worried as these become more effective. Now, while the threat that deepfakes could be offered as evidence is real, she also said, and I quote, the courts have built up hundreds of years of resilience against efforts to introduce fake or tamper uh, with evidence, going all the way back to faking somebody's signature on a handwritten document and uh, going up through typed or mimeographed documents, film, video, photoshopped evidence, and digital photography and videos, end quote. Now, that is that is true. But at the same token, as these things become more perfected, it becomes harder and harder and harder, which means the courts have to respond in kind. In fact, Professor Korn thinks that AI technology proliferates, or rather as it proliferates, 
it's more likely that the courts will confront accusations of fakery against real evidence than attempts to introduce fake evidence. Meaning, like those January 6 rioters where, you know, there was demonstrably uh, true evidence. Here we go. They're saying it's fake. And that is going to be the norm uh, for a lot of people. Now, interestingly enough, uh, you know, there is an entire chain of custody. I've written about that for years, maybe half a dozen different articles where I've introduced that. Everything from political situations like Hunter Biden's laptop to Mike Lindell's cybersecurity symposium and other things. You have to have a solid chain of evidence specifically because that is used in court to ensure that you're not introducing deep fakes. In other words, if it ends up in court, it's run the gauntlet to make sure that it's actually real. And so the odds of it being a deep fake are much less, but not that the public would understand this. Now, in those particular cases where they are claiming something real is fake, ethics rules and lawyer professional norms definitely have a role to play. Lawyers are not supposed to put forth frivolous arguments. For example, quote, I think attorneys own sense of self-preservation hopefully will go some distance towards incentivizing them to do a little due diligence on the front end. In other words, if I am basically accused of murder and I've got a deep fake video of me two towns over partying, you know, with friends at the time of that and it's totally fake, there has to be due diligence done by the, uh, by the lawyer. Otherwise, he or she on my behalf may be in trouble. And that's what we're talking about. Now, on top of all of this, whether it's inside or outside of the courtroom, denying real events has corrosive effects. And this is what I'm driving home right now. Um, and, and I think that's incredibly important because today we all carry around phones that can record anything that's happening around us at a moment's notice. We can be eyewitnesses. As I mentioned with the war in Ukraine, everybody became instantly a citizen journalist recording these kinds of things. And so what happens when uh, Ukrainians put out in real time or live the actual video they're recording, Russia says they're fake. And Russia supporters now think, ah, this is a manipulation campaign when it's actually not. Now, there are worries on top of this about a world in which no one actually believes the evidence of, quote, police violence, human rights violations, a politician saying something inappropriate and illegal, end quote. That's what I'm talking about. I literally had a friend say, well, this is probably a deep fake because it doesn't align with his worldview. Quote, suddenly there's no more reality. And that is really worrisome because I don't know how we reason about the world. And, and that is essentially what we are talking about here. Uh, there have been ethicists that have said artificial intelligence isn't going to turn us into terminators and launch the nukes and we're going to be shooting at robots from burned out bunkers. It's going to drive us insane. Because if you have confirmation bias in a society and low trust, which is exactly something that we are experiencing right here in the United States, then what you have are people that are going to be susceptible to seeing something that is demonstrably real, but goes against their ethics, goes against their beliefs, goes against one of their leaders, whatever that is. And they're immediately going to say, well, we're living in the world of deep fakes. It's clearly not true when simply it is. Now, that's not to say we're also not going to see deep fakes, but the point is, is that we could have five deep fakes for every 1,000 and it poisons the pool. And so the liar's dividend is something that we have to discuss. We have to understand. We have to realize that as we are thinking about things, uh, while the possibility that, that, let's say, a damning video came out of somebody saying really damaging things came out, uh, well, while it's possible that it is a deep fake, the probability still exists that it's very, very low. And I think that's important to understand. While we have to check facts, we have to make sure that what we are looking at is actually real, the probability is, honestly, that it is right now. Because the possibility always exists, but the probability is different between real and fake. And so I think this is an important thing. We're going to see where this goes, but, but this actually has me deeply concerned for the future, which is why I've written at least two to four articles in the last six months 
focusing on the chat GPTs of the world and how they can sow disinformation and how people can believe it. And this is the flip side, which I think is something that needs to be addressed as well. And so there you go. That is your news of the day. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP, where you're going to get 100% me 100% of the time. And same with YouTube. Please ring that bell. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.